Hello everyone, what is up? Welcome once again to Jay Saronka Podcast Presents Marvelathon. This is where we review and recap Marvel movies based on their historical timeline. In the MCU, this is Marvelathon number 5. Link is in the description page to listen to all the other episodes. Today we talk about the big one, the big cheese. I would say this is the first uh, quote-unquote big movie of the MCU, the one that they built up in their first uh, four years and they also built it up with four movies. Of course, today we are talking about the Avengers from 2012. Me and you and a lot of people around the world, I think we can all still recall the day when we watched Avengers for the first time, we still recall who who we watched it with. It's like a it's it's like one of those worldwide events where you know exactly where you are and what you were doing when you first uh, watched the Avengers. When I actually first heard about the Avengers, I was really intrigued how they were gonna handle this. It's basically an all star game. I only follow two sports and the other one is not even a, you know, it's not even a full sport. I follow uh, basketball and professional wrestling. Basketball, basketball, of course, uh, everyone around the world knows the NBA. We also have our various uh, professional and college basketball leagues here in my country, the Philippines. I know you, uh, I mean, you from around the world i mean because i have i do have listeners from many parts of the world i know you also have your local basketball in your respective countries or local sports from any of your uh, respective countries basketball and i don't know which other sports i know dota has an all-star game um but of course i know basketball has an all-star game but even in the all-star game there would be one or two people who would take over we even have an all-star MVP. In professional wrestling, I would say the all-star game is probably the Royal Rumble or something called the Battle Royale. This is where we have 30 to 50 wrestlers competing. They would throw each other out of the ring above the rope to eliminate them. And then, of course, the last person standing in the ring is the the winner. Uh... Again, I'm talking about this because for me, uh, the Avengers is basically um, an all-star game. And I guess my worry is just that I really didn't know how they were going to handle the movie before the movie was released. I was worried that there'll be like there, there'll be people or characters that would not shine as much. And then there's going to be characters who would shine a lot. Uh, but of course, we're gonna see how they how they handle the movie. Of course, massive spoiler for for the Avengers. I know it's weird, but I still believe there are still people in the world who hasn't watched the Avengers for some weird reason. We really go into a deep dive where we review and recap everything. I know a lot of people talk about the finale action scene. That is, of course, the best part of the movie. But there are a lot of great moments in this film, aside from the finale action scene. We also talk about the very exciting finances. How much was their budget for the Avengers? And compared to how much 
box office that they actually earned. And finally, we'll also talk about the all-important Jace ratings. What is my overall score for Avengers? And we compare that to the scores given by Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, and Metacritic. So let us do it. Let's dive right in. Before we start, please do support my podcast. Give us a 5-star rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. Also, the best way you can support us is please give us a direct donation via PayPal. This will be a very big help for us. Any amount would do. The PayPal donate link is in the description page of this episode. And so we now start with the review. Um, again, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert for the Avengers. The movie starts with the voice of someone who is obviously evil. He talks like this, and we are gonna conquer it, and the Chitari and Loki. And uh, we find out later this is the voice of the other, who is actually the leader of the Chitari. Uh, it's an alien army, which is a very, you know, his name, the other, it's a very cool and very ominous name. Despite his look and his voice, it's a very, you know, his voice and his look is very generic evil alien. Apparently, the other will supply Loki with the Chitauri army in exchange for retrieving the Tassaract, which is the source of power with a known potential. And then we cut to the shield facility where there is clearly an emergency. This is the uh, real start of the movie. They started actually this movie with a bang and it's uh, it's amazing. Apparently the Tesseract is acting crazy and we we seen uh, Nick Fury, Eric Selvig who is of course the mentor of Natalie Portman's character in Thor. Then we also see Hawkeye. Then there was a sort of shock, shockwave spreading blue light all over the, you know, the inside the shield facility. Then we see Loki appear. Um, apparently, using the Tesseract, he was able to create a, a sort of wormhole wherein from Asgard, he was able, from Asgard or wherever he is in outer space, yeah, he was, of course, you know, meeting, meeting with the other. He was able to get into... Um, Earth, so the wormhole serves as sort of a gateway in and out of, of Earth. Loki takes the Tesseract and uses his, sept, his scepter to enslave Selvig, one other random agent from S.H.I.E.L.D., and Clint Barton, also known as Hawkeye, to aid him in his escape. The ensuing car chase with Loki's escape was, as I mentioned, really amazing. I'm a big fan of action movies, especially when I was a kid. I would say with the exception of James Bond movies, which which is of course known for opening with a big action sequence, you just don't see multiple vehicles exploding and crashing to each other in the opening of a movie. And that's what they had here in The Avengers. We also saw in the scene the entire S.H.I.E.L.D. facility it basically collapsed and it looks like it got swallowed by the ground. The car chase was largely located in um, sort of underground tunnel, which of course, when the building and the ground collapsed, it affected the car chase in a way that was, in my opinion, very cool, very entertaining. Uh, it's, 
also how Loki was able to escape. Uh, Maria Hill, uh, Kobe Smulders' character, she is of course well known for being Robin in How I Met Your Mother. Her, her vehicle basically got trapped in the falling rocks in the underground tunnel, and that's how Loki, with 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 Barton, Hawkeye, and Selvig, who is now working with him, that's how Loki escaped. Again, this is a great opening scene. You know right away that there was no expense uh, spared in this movie. You know, there's lots of cars exploding and crashing immediately. Immediately, it's we're just in the opening scene. It's immediately a high budget action scene. And of course, in response to this attack, Nick Fury reactivates the Avengers Initiative. As I mentioned earlier, my worry for the Avengers is only one or two heroes will shine, and there would be some characters who would get sort of the short end of the stick. But obviously, that did not happen. It's very impressive what they did in in this movie. Actually, in all of these movies in the MCU, it's all very impressive. But it's also not that hard, I, I would say, because they've already put in very good work in all the MCU movies that came before uh, the Avengers. Um, so, th- so at this point, this was just 2012, at that point, the only four Avengers movies that were released were Iron Man 1 and 2, and then we have Thor... We have the Incredible Hulk, and then actually that's it. Oh no, we have Captain America, and Captain America: The First Avengers. Technically, the first Hulk, you know that that really bad movie from two thousand three, that was like that was supposed to be part of this, but even Marvel themselves, they knew how bad that was. They didn't include it here. Obviously, the sequel of Hulk which is The Incredible Hulk, which is a much better movie. Uh, that was released, I believe, in 2008. Yeah, so that was the one that they included in the MCU officially. The Avengers was just basically the culmination of all their work in the past four years. Uh, it's kind of like if you talk to the honor student of your the top of the class in your school and you ask them what their secret is and why do they get such a high score, such high grades during exams and during final exams and of course they would tell you that they studied very well during the entire semester while most of the students including you um, including us just basically crammed the night before the exam so i think that's what the event that's what the avengers had you know as hard as it is to balance out multiple heroes in one movie they have done such a great job in all the other four movies that came before it, such that when this movie comes, uh, it's already sort of ready-made. It's a lot easier to... It's definitely not easy to make any kind of movie, but it was way easier for them because they've put in the work in the in the past four years at this point. Also, I think that they balance out the scenes for all the Avengers very well including the supporting characters in the entire movie and not just in the action scenes actually so like during action scenes they really balance out that all of the heroes shined and even during in the regular scenes um it's still sort of balanced out so there's not so there's like not one character who has more scenes than others 
lit- literally almost everyone has an interesting scene. Everyone shines. Again, even even the sort of supporting characters like, for example, Co- Co- Kobe Smulders, um, even Nick Fury, um, Agent, uh, you know, of course, uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye, they are just the human characters as well as Phil Coulson. Everyone gets their, their own shine and everyone gets their own interesting scenes. Uh, if you watched even a few episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer created by Josh Whedon, who is, of course, the director of the Avengers, you can see how his strength shines here. You can see here, as well as in Buffy, that you can actually see that he is good at making small scenes interesting and small scenes full of humor. Much of the first act of this film, which is around the first hour, first half hour of the movie, is about getting the team together. Nick Fury met with Cap, who is practicing his punches, which was as loud as shotgun fire, I believe. While, you know, Cap was he's still very stressed out. He was, while hitting those punches... He was thinking about all the good things and the bad memories that he had experienced during World War II. He's thinking about um, the woman he she loves, uh, the woman he loves, who is of course Peggy. And then he punched the bag so hard that it actually got detached and flew a couple of meters away. It also, you know, it, it's also revealed to us that he has like a dozen extra punching bags, which is which is just an awesome scene. Of course, uh, during the scene, Nick Fury gave him the file and you know showed him the you know this situation that could possibly uh, be dangerous to the entire world. Phil Coulson, agent of Shield, of course, met with Stark and uh, Pepper Potts. He actually just gave Tony Stark a tablet with all the files about the Avengers and the Tesseract and the Loki situation. He knows that Stark would basically nerd out the entire night and become an expert about the topic the next day. We also have a cool scene with Black Widow. He is tied and being interrogated by what looks like foreign dictators. See, she is such a good spy that she could end the interrogation anytime that she wants. Uh, This was, of course, revealed by the phone call that Phil Coulson made to the henchman of the dictator who then transferred the call to Black Widow who then then ended this mission by beating up all three men while still being while still tied up to a chair her coolest scene here was when she did a front flip while tied on a chair smashing and destroying the chair to the body of one of the villains great scene again However, the most interesting of the scenes of getting the Avengers together was when uh, Black Widow Romanoff had to talk to Dr. Banner, who is now living a pretty peaceful life, uh, being a doctor helping the poor in India. He was acting very calm, but subtly foreshadowing the other guy. Uh, Romanoff explained the situation and said uh, that you have to come with me, Dr. Banner. And then, of course, Dr. Banner said something like, what if the other guy doesn't want to come? And then 
during this you know conversation there was a point when Dr. Banner actually snapped and shouted stop lying to me and you know Romanov immediately pointed the gun at him and you can really see the fear in Romanov's eyes when just when Dr. Banner yelled I th- I think there was even tears in her eyes great acting by both um, Scarlett Johansson and Mark Ruffalo here and of course, it was also revealed that the entire house where Banner and Romanov were having this conversation, it was actually surrounded by something like 50 S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, you know, like all with military like SWAT gear. And they're just ready if, if the Hulk just get, gets out. This is also where we saw how amazing and how truly full of splendor the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier is. It's basically a battleship that can function both in land and in air. I mean in water and in air and it can even go invisible. It can also carry seemingly hundreds of people in it uh, and it also has a runway for aircrafts. The entire S.H.I.E.L.D. team, or at least a significant number of them, seems to be in the helicarrier for this mission. It made the entire movie feel like an even bigger deal than it already is. The Avengers is not just the heroes, it also includes S.H.I.E.L.D. with all their, you know, with all their agents and their intelligence and their science departments and their military force. And right now, I'm going to fire a pretty big spoiler here for the Justice League movie. So, spoiler alert for, for, the, Justi- for the Justice League movie. This is what I think is one of the major things lacking in Justice League. Um, I think they need their own shield. Uh, during the Justice League movie, it was only the heroes who planned and performed their operation. As much as these superheroes are literally and figuratively larger than life, a big organization behind them with a strong leader makes a lot of difference. And the thing with DC, you know, with DC Comics is they actually have their own uh, sort of version of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, It's called the DEO or the Department of Extra Normal Operations, which is a government organization created following uh, the arrival of Superman on Earth. And, of course, the DEO monitors the extraterrestrial presence on the planet. Uh, The DEO is actually most prominent in the Supergirl TV series, which is, by the way, the Supergirl TV series. It's actually not bad. Go check that out. I only watched a few episodes Actually, I think I watched the entire season one. I think I watched the entire season one, and then I watched a, a few episodes of their sort of current seasons. But they had some really good action scenes in in that show, and I believe like there's like at least in every episode there's like one good action scene. So not bad. If if you're if you're a fan of superheroes, go check out Supergirl if you haven't yet. So yes, they should have the DEO in the Justice League movie. Uh, going back to the Avengers though, much of the second act of this movie, which is roughly around the 30-minute mark up to the 1-hour and 30-minute mark of the film, is about the relationship of the heroes or the characters 
And if they would, you know, have a good relationship or a bad relationship, if if the if the te- the team would click or not, it has some elements of uh, sports movie tropes where in the team comes together, it starts to have some dysfunctions, and then uh, together in the end they 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 basically gelled together and came, finally came together. In in story writing, uh, whether it's writing for uh, a screen a screenplay or writing for fiction or, or a novel, there's something called you know the relationship of the characters. It's usually called the B story. So obviously the A story is, of course, the main story. So in in the case of the Aveng- the Avengers, the the A story or the main story of the Avengers is actually quite simple. Aliens in the form of Loki and the Chitauri will attack Earth and the Avengers have to defend or avenge against them. The alien attack is the sizzle, the sizzle of the story. It's the A story, but the stake or the B story is the relationship of the characters. Can these extraordinary people who have nothing in common can they work together and succeed? In many ways, this is also what Marvel and Disney is trying out for this movie in the real world. Can an all-star team of superheroes work in one movie or are superhero movies just meant to be sort of individual films that succeed on their own? Obviously, we know the answer to this question now. Part of the team's dysfunction in the second act of the movie is, of course, Loki sabotaging them. He even staged a way for him to get caught so that he can be inside the helicarrier and, again, sabotage sabotage the operation of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Avengers. That, actu- that actually led to a great and funny fight scene between uh, Tony Stark, Iron Man, and then Thor and Captain America. I think this is also the first hero versus hero fight scene in the MCU, if I'm not mistaken. Basically, Loki's plan is to have his team, led by Hawkeye, who is now under his command, with some mercenary. They're going to attack the helicarrier, and also, Loki plans to unleash the Hulk inside the helicarrier, who I think he sees the Hulk. Hulk as a ticking time bomb who's just basically going to destroy everything once you know the green the green monster comes out another part of the team's dysfunction is when Captain America who spied inside the helicarrier found out about shield's plans to weaponize the Tesseract this was a government secret that uh, Nick Fury did not initially disclose to the Avengers his reason was actually quite valid. When the Asgardians went to Earth during the Thor movie, um, including the attack of the Destroyer, which if you don't know what that is, it's the robot thing in the Thor movie that thought the Thor actually fought. Uh, it's the robot that looks like it's made of strips of metal, and its face its face basically opens up to fire sort of a weapon beam. 
Yes, that one, basically. That's actually called the Destroyer, which is the most generic name for a movie robot ever. Anyway, because of the Asgardian incident on Earth, S.H.I.E.L.D. and presumably the government realized how much behind we are, how much behind the human race is, uh, when it comes to weapons for an intergalactic warfare. And hence, they tried to develop a Tesseract weapon. But according to Thor, this is exactly the thing that signals to the entire galaxy, basically, that Earth is now ready for a higher level of warfare. Now, the first time I heard that line, it didn't really make sense to me. I mean, why not attack Earth when it was severely um, under-weaponized? But then, in our real world, the countries who have nuclear, such as North Korea and Pakistan, they, of course, have the eyeballs of the world, especially the eyeballs of the United States and the United Nations. Nuclear can be used for good, especially in the energy sector, but it is also a signal that this country has the technology to make weapons that can wipe out any major city around the world. So, in the words of Thor, countries in the real world developing nuclear power and planets in the fictional world of the MCU weaponizing the Tesseract, it is now a signal that this place is a is now ready for a higher level of warfare. The second act of the movie ended with, um, I believe, a set of great action scenes. Again, these are um, another action scenes that, you know, aside from the finale, the finale action scenes, the Battle of New York, this is, you know, uh, the end of the second act. It's another set of great action scenes. Um, first of all, Stark and Cap, Captain America, they actually have to work together to repair a portion of the helicarrier that got blown away. Uh, as great as Captain America is, he is still human and we can see that he does have to work well together with the other Avengers to be his best self. However, of course, Captain America is a great leader though. So I, I think he's actually the best leader in the Avengers. So he and Stark actually had a lot of great scenes here repairing that part of the helicarrier while also fighting some of the men that Loki brought in. Uh, the, Hulk, the Hulk was of course unleashed, unleashed here towards the end of the second act. Uh, he attacked Romanov, destroying many internal parts of the helicarrier. It then led to the Hulk versus, versus Thor fight. Uh, it was a great scene when Thor smashed Hulk with Mjolnir, his hammer. There was a, again, that was a great scene. And then, just a few seconds later, Hulk actually got stuck on the floor because he fell with the hammer on his hand. And of course... He is not able to lift the hammer. So, I mean, apparently, the, the, the best way to, to incapacitate Hulk is just, just put the hammer on his chest and he can't move anymore. Also, we get a scene here, a human-to-human fight scene here with Romanoff and Barton. So that's Hawkeye versus, versus the Black Widow, who are probably the two best 
secret agents in, in this world. No disrespect to James Bond, though. I am a big James Bond fan, too. In fact, the movie that basically made me a movie fan was a movie that I saw at seven years old. It was, I remember it was right before lunchtime at my old grandmother's house. That movie was, of course, Goldfinger, and uh, that that was the movie that made me a movie fan because I couldn't figure out at that time how James Bond could defeat the bigger and taller villain who has a hat that can essentially slash your head. But, of course, I digress. Going back in the MCU, where James Bond does not exist, the two best secret agents are, of of course, Black Widow and Hawkeye. This was also the time when Thor and the Hulk basically crashed to the ground. Uh, What happened was Loki was able to fool Thor and got him um, inside his own jail cell. And basically the the prison of of Loki was a... It's actually a glass prison. It's shaped like a Roomba vacuum cleaner. Apparently the entire prison cell can be dropped thousands of feet below. And it's kind of like the moon door in Game of Thrones. So, you know... Loki was able to get Thor inside that uh, prison and basically dropped Thor thousands of feet below and uh, he, I believe, crashed in an open field. Uh, Hulk's crash was even more awesome. Uh, What's happening, what what happened was a jet fighter uh, from outside the helicarrier basically fired at Hulk who is still at this time inside the helicarrier and of course Hulk jumped from inside the helicarrier onto the top of the jet fighter and ripped out its engine. The pilot tried to parachute out, but it was quite scary when Hulk caught him. Uh, And then Hulk basically threw the pilot out like a crumpled paper. But of course, we saw that the pilot was able to open his parachute uh, great scene, you know, he, he he's still alive. And of course, Hulk crashed thousands of feet below the ground. And now we go to the third and final act. This is, of course, the finale action scene, which is roughly around 30 to 45 minutes in, um, all, all in all. As I mentioned, this finale action scene, uh... In the future MCU movies and in the MCU TV shows, it is now called the Battle of New York. It is a sort of a traumatic 9-11 type of situation that happened in the MCU that uh, the people in this universe would never forget. There's actually not not much to talk about here. Um, We've all seen the finale action uh, sequence of the Avengers we, I mean, we've all probably seen seen it multiple times. We know how great it is. It's definitely one of the best action scenes, one of the best action scenes and fight scenes of all time. So, basically, I'll just fire out individual moments that I loved about it. Bas- actually, I'll just say it. Basically, in all the Avengers movies, such as 
this movie, The Avengers, and then of course we have Avengers: Age of Ultron. We have Infinity War and Avengers: Endgame. In all four of those movies, I think that this finale action scene of the first Avengers movie is the best um, action scene among those four movies. Um, there was very close. There was a very good action scene too in Age of Ultron. But that's obviously a close second. Obviously, we'll talk about that once we get, uh, once we get to the age of Ultron review here in Mar Marvelathon. Um, I think the finale, the action scene finale, it started with the Loki and uh, Tony Stark's conversation at the Stark Tower. It's the classic trailer moment when Stark basically did a roll call. On the members of the Avengers, he said, oh, we have a super soldier, we have a demigod, you know, I'm a genius playboy billionaire. And it's also when Loki said that I have an army and of course Tony responded with, we have a Hulk. Another great moment was when the Chitauri first attacked. You know, we see the street, it's like, it's, it's a, obviously a street in New York. And then we see the cars and like, just cars in this entire street exploded everywhere. I think that's it's also in the trailer. I actually think it's the first scene we see in the trailer. Just streets of New York exploding. We even see that sort of strip we're in. It's like an alfresco outdoor dining strip, and that area even exploded as the as the Chitari, you know, lasers come and attack uh, i mean it's it's obviously it's a destruction scene but it's a great it's a great action scene of course we have that classic scene when we see all of the avengers in a circle formation as the camera pans around them it's probably the best shot in the entire movie that one shot alone can sell can sell this movie even if they didn't make a trailer um, Captain America didn't have a lot of big scenes during the finale because he was mostly doing hand-to-hand -hand combat versus the aliens. For me, his most memorable scene was when he told one of the police officers to get people underground on the subway area and create a barricade from here to uh, something like the 39th or the 42nd Street. And then the police officer asked him, why should I listen to you? And then three aliens attacked and Cap basically single-handedly defeated all of the aliens. And then the police officer immediately spoke on his radio and essentially repeated what Captain America said. Obviously, Hulk had a lot of great moments during this um, finale action sequence. He, he is not the MVP the MVP of this finale action but he had the most highlights I would say the MVP of, of this was still Tony Stark especially with the with the last scene uh, with the scene that ended this action um, this action sequence the scene that ended the battle we're gonna talk about that later but of course we have the Chitauri had that giant um, spaceship that looks like an insect slash uh, a sea creature. And then Hulk basically just knocked out one of 
one of the, those giant spaceships with one punch with one punch of course we have the hulk smash scene courtesy of you know with the help of captain america and then of course we have the scene where he, he just punched thor randomly just because he wants to and of course the most classic scene is hulk smashing loki multiple times like a ragdoll on the floor of Stark Towers penthouse while you know right after Loki was explaining how he is a god and you know like <laughs> like he wasn't even finished explaining and like uh, <laughs> um, Hulk just just like smashed him multiple times on the floor uh, once again on hindsight it seems like Thor did not have a lot of great moments in the finale but actually he did uh, for example, his intro, I believe his, his intro in the finale action scene was when he landed from the sky. Uh, of course, we see lightning and thunder, and then uh, he actually knocked down, I believe, a dozen Chitauri aliens with his lightning, and that was just his intro. And then another great scene of Thor was when he hit a taxi with his hammer, Flipping the taxi multiple times while hitting three, maybe four Chitauri. Uh, cool scene. Black Widow, you know, Black Widow didn't seem to have a lot of uh, great moments though. But, of course, he, she was mostly fighting with the Chitauri on the ground. She, I believe she had the hardest time because she's the only one who doesn't have a weapon. And of course, she is also as, as great as she is. She is still human. She doesn't have superpowers. Um, I believe I think her best moment was jumping to one of those uh, Chitauri flying motorcycles. Is what they look like to be able to reach a Stark Tower. Just basically grabbed onto one of those flying flying vehicles and you know it's kind of unrealistic but that's how that's how you roll if you're the greatest secret agent in in the MCU Hawkeye also had a lot of great moments mostly shooting and hitting aliens with his arrow uh he even hit hit a couple of aliens without even looking at them my favorite Hawkeye moment was when he jumped on top of the building and basically rotated or pivoted 180 degrees, you know, to shoot his arrow. It's definitely mother. That was definitely mother freaking classic. And uh, even Nick Fury, Nick Fury had a great moment too. Uh, the World Security Council or the Council contacted Nick Fury in the middle of the finale fight scene. These are, you know, the council is a group of older men and women. We can't see their faces, although one of them is clearly the actor Powers Booth. By the way, Powers Booth, that's his real name. It's basically the best name ever. We presume that the council are world leaders or... Maybe some of the most powerful people in the world who are overseeing the operations of S.H.I.E.L.D. They are basically the board of directors of S.H.I.E.L.D. However, they are not immune to making hard decisions. For instance, in this movie, for them, 
the Chitauri attack means we can lose it all. That this is basically the start of a global invasion of Earth. And uh, their decision is to launch a, a nuke, basically, a nuclear missile all over the island of, of Manhattan, which has a population of roughly 1.6 1.6 million people they are willing to sacrifice all that to save the world basically they override nick fury's command and had two jet planes leave the heli carrier for for the nuking nick fury was able to hit one of the two planes with a missile launcher at the back of the plane clearly saving the life of the pilot, but the other one escaped. Speaking of that, one of the best moments, if not the best moments of this finale action is basically Stark led the missile, the nuclear missile, into the wormhole created by Loki, you know, the wormhole where where the Chitauri enters, and he basically had the missile, the nuclear missile. He had it hit the bigger Chitauri airbase, which basically caused all of the Chitauri, including their aircrafts, to instantly die. Some might call this a cop-out ending because apparently you just need to do this one thing and all of the aliens die. But I think they did it in a smart way, so I forgive the quote-unquote cop-out ending because the solution the solution to to end the battle really is to close the wormhole which black widow and eric selvig who is now you know selvig is now uh his original self after hitting hard on the ground they actually tried to close the the wormhole using loki's staff and I believe this would actually work. But it was unexpected that the council decided to nuke the entire Manhattan. But that led to the resolution of this scene. What added more drama to this scene was Stark was fully aware that leading the nuke into the wormhole was basically a one-way trip. He was even warned by Captain America. And so this genius billionaire playboy, who was even quite rude and misogynistic in the first Iron Man movie, who, is, who, who seems to be a very self-centered person, even back here in, in the Avengers uh, 2012, he was willing to sacrifice himself. He was willing to sacrifice his life to save the world. Spoiler alert, obviously Tony Stark survived here, but I think that, you know, him sacrificing himself just to deliver that nuclear missile into the wormhole uh, onto the Chitauri airbase, I think that moment made us, the audience, feel that this person, this billionaire, is now truly a hero. And of course, the end credit scenes of the Avengers is also great. We met Thanos here for the first time. I didn't really know who he is. Um, 
I am I I probably should be but I am not a comic book you know reader of Marvel. Uh the first time I saw him I actually thought he looked funny. Again, I didn't know who he was and I I didn't know I didn't realize this was going to be the greatest one of the greatest movie villains of all time. The second end credit scene, the shawarma scene, I actually didn't see that on the cinema either. I missed it or the copy that we had here in the Philippines didn't have that scene in the cinema. But the shawarma scene was really funny too. Uh, For those who don't know what shawarma is, it's a dish in Middle Eastern cuisine consisting of meat cut into thin slices uh, stacked in a cone-like shaped pita bread and roasted on a slowly turning vertical rotisserie. Uh, it's just it's weirdly popular here in the Philippines. Ever since maybe even before it was born, it was like it was basically it started I believe eighties and nineties in the Philippines, and it just uh, people thought back then it was just a trend, but it never went away. It's like almost every corner here in the Philippines, we have a shawarma stand. Uh, it's also just valued something like a dollar and fifty here in the Philippines. So yeah, it's just it's just weirdly popular here. Before we continue, once again, please do support my podcast. Give us a five star rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. Also, the best way you can support us is please give us a direct donation via PayPal. This will be a very big help for us. Any amount would do. Our PayPal donate link is in the description page of this episode. As for the financials of the Avengers, I'm going to try my best to do a Dr. Evil impression. And so the budget of this movie of the Avengers is $220 million, roughly. And the box office is $1.5 billion. Anyway. Now we go to the J's ratings, the all-important J's ratings. What is my overall score for the Avengers? And of course, J's ratings... I would give the Avengers a score of 90%. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a score of 92%, while the audience or the users of Rotten Tomatoes gave it a score of 91%. Metacritic is very weird. They have a, first of all, they have a critic score. Let's start with that. I believe their critic score is too low. It's actually 69 out of 100. Again, I said it's too low. And their audience slash user score is not a score of uh, 1 to 100, but it's actually a score rating of 1 to 10. And so their audience gave it a score of 8 out of 10. So that's for Metacritic. And finally, IMDB gave the Avengers a score of... 8 out of 10. For more Marvel and... Take 2 on that. For more Marvel movie and TV show reviews, please follow or subscribe to my podcast. Once again... 
Thank you very much for listening to this episode. See you on the next episode. I love you all. Bye-bye.